When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. All right. Guys, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Advisory Board uh, podcast. I've got with me a special guest, Greg Long. He's from the, the Phoenix franchise brand uh, brands. Uh, th- if you guys don't know them, they, they own several brands you've heard of for sure. So your spray foam genie, Furryland, uh, Door Renew, and I forgot one, Fetch, Fetch uh, Pet Care. So uh, Greg's been in the industry for like 25 years. He's fantastic. He he's told me a few times he's not an entrepreneur. He's the guy that takes an entrepreneurial concept and makes it work. And he's obviously got a gift at it. Been involved in a ton of other brands that you you shared with me, Greg. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and about about your your uh, your platform company, your your Phoenix brands. Thank, thanks so much for having me on, Dave. And I'm embarrassed to tell you, I wish it was 25 years. It's actually 40. I, I had a birthday <laughs> this year and you, you know, you get a little bit older. Uh, now I started when I was a kid, so I'm really not that old, but it, it actually is. I, I can't believe it. It's four decades. So I've taken a lot of grief from uh, uh, my kids and and family and, uh, and staff here, but uh, Phoenix Franchise Brands is uh, uh, a very dynamic, very energetic organization that works across really uh, two industries, soon to be three. I, we're, uh, we're, we're heavily uh, involved in the, uh, in the pet space, uh, just, just, just a wonderful industry. Every metric in the pet space is measured with a B. It's just, just incredible. I, I mean, even through COVID, People think about their pets as kids, and uh, uh, sometimes they think about them even more importantly than their kids. Shame on them, but uh, they do. And uh, their little fur babies are very, very important. So our two pet brands are uh, Fetch, which is the largest privately held uh, dog walking and sitting company in the country. Uh, We're in just about every state. We've got about 170 um, uh, franchisees. Just, just wonderful people. And our other brand, uh, uh, we looked long and hard to uh, to get into the mobile grooming business. I, I, I love the industry. I love the category. And I mean, frankly, it was, it, it's just one of these businesses that if you're a customer and you try to get a dog groomed these days, it's very difficult to do unless you have reoccurring appointments with a groomer that likes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of groomers don't take new customers, whether they're brick and mortar or mobile. So when we open up uh, a new furry land, most of the time, uh, you know, we have weeks and weeks of, uh, of bookings. And uh, it's it's one of those unique industries where, at least for the time being, the uh, uh, the demand, the supply uh, cannot keep up with the demand. So that's our pet side. And, uh, you know, in the not too distant future, uh, we're going to expand to uh, another brand in that uh, in, in that part of the world, that part of uh, the franchise world. Uh, on the home service side, uh, uh, we have Spray Foam Genie, which is one of the fastest, if not the fastest growing home service brand out there. It's polyurethane spray on uh, uh, spray uh, foam insulation. Um, and it was created by uh, uh, the Ryan brothers and they're, they're partnered up with uh, uh, my oldest boy, Kevin, uh, and my youngest, Stephen. And, and they are uh, uh, they're taking the world by storm. Uh, they've they don't have the country sold out yet, but they're getting close. And 
the unit economics in spray foam genie are just incredible. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just a great brand, and it's one of those things when you when you when when I first took a look at it, and uh, my my son Kevin was very excited about it. When when we look at uh, emerging companies that are franchisable or might be, you know, how how much have they really kind of looked at their their business and their industry? And is there is there a system that takes care of every single element of that business? And this thing was so granularly produced and, and so ready for prime time by the Ryan brothers. I, I mean, it's just an amazing business. They can they can look at product usage across the country real time. And every one of these little they're, they're, they're like little chemical plants, uh, these uh, these rigs. And they can they can monitor and manage and and like like nothing I've ever seen. It's it's uh, it's all kind of done through this digital landscape. So the spray foam genie is really special. And then Door Renew, um, it's uh, expanding and, and growing leaps and bounds. It had been around for about ten years, kind of an owner operator sort of thing. And uh, we uh, we took that concept uh, that was developed by just two terrific uh, gentlemen, uh, Matt and John Eggenberger. Uh, they were also part of Mr. Handyman from uh, a million years ago in my career. That's where I, I first met them. But they created this, this wonderful business system to uh, really put a new smile on a home's face. Uh, they uh, uh, they re, uh, uh, reworked the, uh, the front door and the side lights, and uh, we're expanding that into other products and services uh, at the moment, too. But it really gives the home a new personality. And the amazing thing about door renew uh, you, when you drive down uh, a neighborhood street um you 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 be it's easier to pick out the the streets once we start on a street it's easier to pick out the houses we haven't done than the ones we have because they're definitely the minority the the, the business spreads by word of mouth in an incredible way because it just it gives the the home a brand new presence so uh and we do everything from homes to condos to churches to big commercial projects and uh it's a it's it's just a great process so uh we're, we're kind of kind of uh uh living the dream here we've got a lot of family involved in the business and uh, a lot of people that i've worked with for uh for 30 years that uh you know we've uh, followed each other around and uh, even though they have a different last name they're 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 sure like family so yeah yeah it's funny I, i've told people this before but i when i first came to this industry from from the you know from other spaces. Uh, I thought that the whole franchise fam hashtag I would see on LinkedIn was kind of baloney. Uh, and then I found out it's really kind of a thing. Like it's it really, you start to draw people in as a very welcoming space and you build friendships that you'll never shake right uh, in this space. So I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in that now, but it took me about a year to get rid of my skepticism and realize that was really yeah. a big part of this industry, which I love. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I grew up in the franchise industry. I was self-employed at a pretty early age and uh, had kind of an independent slash uh, licensing business that I started. And, um, um, you know, I didn't, I, I, I started just as a kid. I didn't know what I didn't know. And for, you know, eight years of running that business uh, from day one to the day I sold it, I was the youngest person there. And, and, and I, I learned a lot about, you know, trying to, to, um, uh, to manage other people that were, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years older than you. So I, I had to be a pretty good listener. Um, you know, being the youngest kid sometimes isn't uh, a big advantage. Uh, uh, however, I do miss those days being the youngest kid.
Uh, yeah, Forty years tip, of franchising. It's probably there been was a tipping point, and all of a sudden, I looked around the room, and I was working at uh, Service Brands, just a a wonderful enterprise. Uh, working for Molly Mid, Mr. Handyman. I started looking around the room and said, "Wait a minute, I think I'm the old guy," and I was. So it just this is what it is, you know. It, it happens. I'm grateful we've hired some people here. I, I looked around the executive team a couple of years ago and realized, oh, I'm the youngest guy here by a while. Like it's, uh, but I'm not that young anymore. But I, but it was, it's, I've been that way a lot. I can empathize. Started my first company when I was five. Uh, my mom didn't know I had it. I was door to door selling in the neighborhood when she was, thought I was taking a nap. So uh, we'll have to share some funny stories about that over, over drinks sometime. Uh, oh. But yeah, let's, let's, uh, to, to let everyone know, those listening in, uh, we're actually, the reason I wanted Greg to join me is he's an expert in operations uh, and kind of wrapping processes and systems around a business concept to make it a, a true franchisable success. And and so I wanted to break it down today. Greg, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit about structure. This comes up a lot. It's, you know, often it's a round table or a, or a stage discussion at franchise conferences because people have a hard time getting it right. Would you mind, like, let's let's just jump into franchise, like, so support structure and operation structure. What do you see that that works the best when you're working with like a home service concept to get the to get enough structure around the, the operations so that a franchise unit can be successful? No, sure. I, I you know I think building building the structure and the support um, uh, system for for any franchise organization. I I I, uh, I learned a long time ago that uh, focus is is just so important. And if you give one person just too many things to do, you know they're not going to be happy. They're not going to enjoy their job. Uh, we have a tendency to break things down a little bit. We have um, uh, a, a, a department that we call the Right Start Department, and the Right Start Department uh, does all of those little things that uh, are so necessary to have a good launch. We think about those people as the folks that help the new franchisees sleep well at night. It's everything from coming up with, you know, you got to, you know, how do you want to structure your, your, your company? You know, is it an LLC? Is it a C corp? Are you doing, how are you financing it? Is it going to be a C corp? Cause you did a 401k rollover. Like, what does all that look like? Get them through all that process. Uh, uh, get the DBA dialed in, get the microsites, uh, uh, moving along and working with the marketing department and beginning to, you know, help with uh, a business plan. And, you know, all of these things happen just uh, rapid fire. And I think, you know, I, I oftentimes I think uh, in particular emerging franchisors and try to bundle that and put it all underneath one person that is going to be accountable and responsible for making that franchise, you know, profitable, but they also have to kind of get them started at the same time. And, yeah, I, I think you can get good at something and, and and you can get great at something and have it become a real competitive advantage if you if you have some focus. And, and so uh, I, you know, I learned a long time ago that right start, that first impression, that's just so important to the launch of the business and, and to get uh, you know the right people in the right seats on the franchisee side, you know, to to help with ensuring the franchisee is making the right hires mm -hmm. uh, and, and ensuring that you get the right talent. Uh, you know, good good marketing and salesmanship on the front end of it uh, could mean everything, and you got to make sure that the franchisee is hiring correctly. You, it's it's always a fine line. You can't hire for them. You know, the the that's it's just not something that uh, um, that we can get involved in due to Department of Labor types of things. But by the same token, you know, we want to make sure that they bring the right folks in and teach them a little bit about 
uh, at the on, on the front end of this this whole endeavor. Um, you know, you got to teach them a little bit about self-employment too. You, you know, I think a lot of franchisors get uh, immersed in, uh, well, these are our systems and this is the way it works and these are our standards and all that stuff's good. But there's so many things that are intangible that, that you know, they, they also have to understand about, about being self-employed, about really building the image in their brand and, 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 and making good decisions. So, you know, on the front end of, um, um, of all the units that we open up, we talk a lot about image and we talk about paying off that image. And, uh, you know, you, you, you really want the, the feel of, of the brand in the local market to, to, to be a certain way. And, and image can be good and image can be bad. There's, there's a million success stories that, you know, lost everything overnight, you know, in athletics and everything else. We read about them every day, yeah. politicians, athletes, you name it. And, and, you know, they, you got you to maintain that image and you have to be ever vigilant on that. So we teach a lot of these things on the front end of, uh, of uh, uh, every, every unit that we open, but focus is big. So right start is one piece. And then once that business is ready to go, there's a transition that begins. And, you know, the, 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 the team leads uh, are, are, are the folks that kind of get them to the promised land, get them to profitability and, so we do that. Um, uh, we do that transition, and you know we've got a couple different business models. We try not to mix the uh, the, the the franchise support people up. You know, are they working with a general manager that's running that business, or is it an owner operator kind of business? Mm -hmm. And we've got another that's uh, managed services too that we do a, a little bit more for the uh, for the franchisee, but just to focus on those others, which are generally what everybody has. You know, a, a semi absentee or an, or a uh, owner operator business. We try not to mix those support people up so that they have a focus. Um, and, and, you know, I guess, it, you know, I think, I think most companies do this, but, you know, geography is important too. Um, you, know, you know, it's, it's, it's important on a couple of different fronts. There's, there's climate and all of the rest of those things. Uh, but in every, I, I think, metropolitan area in the country, your business is going to operate just a little bit differently. You know, Dallas is a different market than Houston and Houston's a different market than St. Louis. So, you know, we try to, we try to bundle uh, those support people against uh, the same folks geographically as well. Yeah. Well, I've got a question about that because this, this is a common issue I see, especially with emerging and growing brands. Um, it's hard to staff properly. It's hard to, you know, you're trying to make things work. Hey, I've got one gal who can do franchise support, I've got 15 units operating today and I've got 10 I'm selling this year. Well, how, how did you guys get to that point where you realize I've got to separate these roles because the, the quick start or your, your right start crew, that's a totally different skill set and focus than now that I'm operating day to day, how do I make this business scale and, and, and now operate at the level where it's producing the type of income that the owners need to have? How did you decide to make that change? You know, I I I I really I I I came about it in about the year two thousand. I was working for service brands, and we had we had a we had a really mature, wonderful brand. It was uh, it it was it was Molly made, and it was such an honor to work with those people. And the field staff were working really really hard, and and we started really selling again. It had been a little dormant for a short period of time there prior to to to, to coming on, and so. Um, you know, we uh, we really started getting on a big roll. Simultaneously, we had this other new thing called Mr. Handyman, mm -hmm. and you know that was exciting and new. And uh, you know, you know, the franchise buying community really responded, and so we started really selling a lot of those too. And when 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 I looked at 
um, the way that the company was set up uh, operationally, it was it was just too much on a support person's plate. So we, I didn't we didn't uh, increase the payroll one nickel. Uh, we uh, we just took some of those people and gave everybody a focus. So we took some of the the support people that I thought would be better project managers, and we put them in the right start group. And then then you know the rest of the folks just had more people to deal with. But if you think about it. You know, if you don't have to be involved in every single aspect of uh, a new franchisee and you just take them once all the all the project management stuff is done and you take them to the next level and get them profitable, you can handle a lot more of those folks. And, and the oh, yeah. same is true with the front end. I mean, it's I know it sounds pretty simplistic, but, uh, you, you, you know, you can uh, with focus, I, 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 I think it just makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, with our um most mature brand with Fetch. Uh, you, you know, Maria runs that. She just does an amazing job. Uh, she's our president and my wife. And she does an incredible job. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm biased, but I'm not. She's, uh, she's, she's, she's just, uh, and she's just a really hard charging um, executive. And she's got the, uh, um, she has this whole focus kind of feel with the way that her support staff is is structured and. You know, the mature franchisees, I mean, in any kind of brand, right, any kind of industry, they don't require quite as much. We've got franchisees that do millions in dog walking, which sounds kind of crazy, but uh, these are pretty big, mature, sophisticated businesses. And, you know, they they ironically don't need quite as much. They kind of got it down cold and they don't need as much uh, handholding as, as, as the young ones, you know, the brand new uh, infant franchisees. And so, you know, she's she's got this wonderful rhythm that, you know, she uh, she ensures that the the support person ratio is uh, is is much tighter on the new ones. You, you know, they she doesn't give uh, as as many to each support person if they're new, because anybody in this in industry knows that, uh, you know, they're just going to take a whole lot of hand holding. And after a while, they graduate and they, they go on and they they join another group and we try to keep, uh, you know, even on the communication side uh, and the cross pollination of ideas and that kind of thing. We try to keep these groups together uh, of similar size so that, uh, um, you know, they know that they're not in it by themselves. And, hey, there's somebody else who's maybe had a same similar struggle with this or that or the other. Um, and, and, and so, again, I, I still think it gets back though to focus. Yeah, I, I love it. Well, you've 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 given a, a couple of ideas of ways to focus this this onboarding process. One sounds like you're creating cohorts or groups of people at similar ages. I, I see this all the time, Greg. Where in a franchise brand, they'll have let's say they've got one franchise support person working with ten individuals, half of which are, have been around for three to five years, uh, a quarter of which are brand new, and a quarter of which are within the one to three year mark. And when, when you've got that type of a mix, the support person has to dedicate the majority of their time on the brand new folks, neglecting the one to three year folks, and then almost ignoring the senior folks. And so the, there's always this sentiment of, hey, I don't get the help I need. You know, the folks have been around like, hey, I, I paved the road here for everybody. And now you're ignoring, like it creates all these strange, strange friction points uh, for the support team. But by focusing the role uh, that as you guys have, you've got people that are focusing on, you know, pre to launch and then launch to three maybe, and then three, five to 10, or like you, it sounds like you're breaking them up intentionally into these different groups so that they can be specialists and, and stay focused. I, I really love what you're describing. 
Well, for sure, because you, you, you know, if you take somebody who's who's doing uh, you, you know six or seven hundred thousand or a million dollars in 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 dog walks and. Uh, the same thing with uh, dog grooming and and insulation and so forth. Th th those people that that are there, they want to get to two million, and and so they need a little bit different type of support. They need much a much different uh, you know strategy and, and and marketing plan and everything else that goes with it, versus somebody who's brand new that they're looking for their first ten customers. You know, it just it's apples and oranges, and and to put the people that are. Again, you get back to that focus. People that focus on the on the brand new locations, they 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 get really good at it. And, and the people that focus on these folks that want to double their sales and have been around for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, you know, the expectation is a more sophisticated level of support. And, and, and so those peer groups, as as you assemble those things, uh, I think it is important to 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 keep tenure in mind as well as the level of success. It, there's there's also the uh, and we we use a lot of these things. Pardon the expression, teaching an old dog new tricks. We we uh, when we first bought yeah. uh, Fetch, you know, it, it was it was just amazing. There's something about uh, people that are in the uh, uh, the pet industry that love animals. Um, they're they're just a little bit different. Uh, I mean, they they're they're just such big-hearted people. And, and when we bought Fetch, we had a lot of the folks that were in in the business for a long time. They, they wanted to learn a, a little bit different way to do things. You know, we changed a lot when we came in. We, you know, we brought their first ever conventions. We brought really robust marketing plans. We brought public relations. We brought a big digital landscape to really drive, uh, you know, the consumer uh, acquisition side of things. And so, you, you know, there was a little bit of a, you know, 18 month shakeout or so where we were teaching everybody, but it's yeah. still it's still having a focus on those 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 big franchisees. We have our most sophisticated tenured people against those people. We want them happy. We want them smiling. We want to make sure that they're happy with what they're doing. Um, and, and in order to do that, you've you, you got you got to bring it a little bit differently. Yeah, no, I, I love that you brought that up. And it's a good metaphor being in the pet care industry. Um, but you can you can teach a new dog new tricks. Uh, you can restructure the organization so it supports the old dogs better because um, they don't need to learn the same things as the new dogs do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's uh, but I, I think you're it, it was a good metaphor and you're spot on and it's cool to see that you can do it because some people question if that's possible. Uh, there's got to be a moment when you guys were starting to make those changes there where you there were doubters and there are a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of friction and pushback from the franchisees. How did you guys handle that? Because I think that's where I see a lot of young brands fail is they'll 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 have the right idea and they start to implement. They get a lot of friction and they pull back. What gave you guys the courage to push through that that wall? You know, I I, I think there's a there's a couple of things that make us sort of unique at Phoenix. Uh, you, you know, there's a, about a third of our support staff, uh, my, you know, including myself, including my wife, uh, including my my uh, my oldest boy. You know, they've got they bring some self-employment experience with them. And, and I think that's a very interesting and tangible. Our senior leader uh, in the in the dog walking business, uh, uh, Heather, that takes care of all of the very large operators. Uh, she was self-employed for a long time. She, she's she's a very young person, but uh, she is uh, she spent the last 10 years. Well, she six for us. But prior to that, four years self-employed. And so I think that that she gets the respect of those folks, and and I, and I think it's uh, just this 
this additional little intangible. I always uh, uh, kind of perk up when I hear that, you know, when we're hiring new support people and whoever's interviewing them said, yeah, you know, they, they were self-employed before. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. You know, it, to, to me, it, it's, it speaks to work ethic too not just the the experiential part of things that that yeah listen don't worry i've done this i've been there i i've i've been sitting right where you are worried about that next it's going to happen i'm telling you it's going to happen don't worry about it but you know uh, our support people we 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 take good care of them but they are they are incredible in terms of their work ethic uh, you, you know i you see emails that are coming across at all kinds of hours of the night and uh discussions with franchisees uh, at all hours of the night and and you know it's it's our responsibility to 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 be there for these folks to to make sure that they understand it's going to be everything's going to be okay if you ever want to get your metal tested come through a pandemic with brand new franchisees they had just met us the first time two weeks prior at, at fetch and they announced uh, here comes the pandemic. And so yeah, it was a very interesting time. And, um, you know, we had to over communicate. And so we had conference calls for 120 days, every other day at 2.30 to talk about the pandemic, talk about all the new initiatives and frankly, just to get to know people. But, you know, the moral of the story is that, that you know, I just don't think you can communicate enough. And when you talk about making those changes in a support infrastructure or whatever it is you're doing, you know, I think it's uh, you, you got to be a better listener than you are a talker and, and just make sure that you know, you're know you're spot on when you're going to make those changes, whatever those might be. And and then, you know, you, you uh, I, I think just do what you say and say what you do. All those old adages, you know, give people confidence that if you do make a change that, hey, remember, they changed it before and it worked out pretty good. Let's uh, let's get this done. So it's it's, it's always doing what you say you're going to do. Yeah, I think I'm I'm outlining a book I'm going to write about trust-based selling because but it's the same thing in franchising, right? It, it's uh it goes back to the old Covey uh, emotional jar. There are all sorts of different good metaphors around this, right? The emotional bank account, I guess is what he call it. But um you've got to develop that with the franchisees. If you've invested in it plenty, I think that helps you as you're making big changes too. Um that they're like, "Okay, well, they've been they've been honest, they've been a, they've been transparent." they've done what they've said and now they've got a new plan. I think it takes some of the sting out of that, even though it won't make it go away. Franchisees are still going to want to do their own thing uh, and they're not going to want to change. That's the one universal. I would say it's pretty clear across every franchise system is franchise owners don't like to change stuff. Um, they don't. And, and you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's funny. I, I mean, we haven't, we haven't spoken about this Dave, but uh, I, I didn't know you were writing a book and I'm actually about halfway through one myself, but it's, my, my book is, uh, I, I don't even, I, I'm not sure anybody's ever going to buy this thing, but you know, it's, it's been a, a great education for me to, to kind of delve into something that I think is a little bit of a phenom out there. You, you know, um, every system I've ever been involved with, um, there, there, there was a guy at Zbart International, I was there for 10 years, and this fellow was a farmer. And he opened up a store in Illinois. And about three years later, he was the franchisee of the year. Um, you know, a few years after that, he was doing three times the average sales. And, you know, there's there's people like that. And I call them five percenters, the top five percent of every franchise system I've ever been involved with. Um, they just they they're, they're very people centric. At the same time, they're they're they, they have this entrepreneurial, you know, kind of sense about them. But yet they still follow the plan, which, you know, those those dynamics are 
pretty interesting. I, 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 I think that some of the most entrepreneurial people I've ever met in franchising didn't make the best franchisees. But these, these, there are these unicorns out there that are the top five percent, and it's, it's just incredible. We had some amazing people at Molly Made that, and they were located geographically in all parts of the country. So it's not, it's not market specific. It's person specific. Yeah, and I, I, I can remember there's a there, there's a wonderful husband and wife team. Um, and this is in, uh, you know, 2001, where the economy was just, it was thunderous. And we were competing with everybody for for uh, employees. And, you know, they were in the same market as as a fellow who was really not doing that well. But Dave and Mary were were just so good at the human resource part of it. Um, but but good at, good at hiring, but amazing at retention. Everybody in their organization wanted all their friends to work there, and so in a in a in a, in a business like uh, uh, like the the cleaning industry, where essentially you're reselling labor, right? The the magic is happy employees because happy employees are happy customers, and happy customers are sticky. They stick around, and yeah. and yeah, I learned that a long time ago. But these folks just uh, they're 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 some of these five percenters I'm I'm talking about. And we've got them with Fetch uh, at the convention a couple of Octobers ago, we, uh, we put this wonderful woman up on stage and, and uh, I, I think it was one of the best parts of the convention. Um, and every, you could have heard a pin drop. We were just interviewing her on, on how it is that she got to a million bucks walking dogs. <laughs> and and you know, everything she said had, had, had everything to do with taking care of people. That's what she did. Yeah. And, you know, so we, we kind of, we kind of lost focus about the word focus, but that's what this woman focuses on is taking care of people. And, and you know, when you're, when you're building a support infrastructure and you've got these top five percenters, it's so important to stay close to them and, and, and have a incredible respect for them uh, and, and, and really appreciate what they do because you know, they've really got it figured out. And, and if you can, if you can duplicate that a little bit, if you can put them up on a pedestal, if you can, uh, you know, share their best practices, it is hard sometimes to get franchisees or anybody, nobody likes change, but you know, when you've got somebody on such a, such a high platform that is saying that I, you know, and, and ironically, most, most all of our uh, big franchisees, they're the most humble, gracious people in the world. And, and they, they, they take care of their staff. They take care of everybody though. They take care of their families and so forth. So they're willing to share. And when a franchisee who's trying to get there, you know, here's what they do. It resonates even a lot more than, than anything that we tell them. You know, it's, a, it's just a really important lesson. And so, yeah, we're, we're always very, very uh, respectful of those folks. And, uh, want to make sure that uh, that their story is told and their best practices, and that's where that, that's where where we improve the system. Yeah, is, is that they've figured out. No, you're you're spot on. Well, the top five percenters is such an interesting challenge, right? Because everyone wants to find the unicorns, and um, if you if you if you find a way to attract uh, people in that that category, you're going to explode, right? But it's it's hard. There's I haven't I've thought about it a lot. I mean, that's what my master's thesis was about about uh, grassroots and word of mouth marketing and like trying to find ways to like attract these people to your business. And I, I align hundred percent with what you're sharing. Like we hire people, we, we try to take care of our people uh, properly because our clients are why our clients love us. I mean, our staff are why our clients love us. That's, there's no way around it. 
and uh, but uh, but I'll tell you this, even though uh, I can't share I can't share the actual numbers. I've been told I'm not supposed to say anything. But you know, we, four years ago, very few people knew who we were, although we'd been in the industry for like six years at that point, but just operating quietly. But then we all of a sudden hit the top 15 rankings with Entrepreneur Magazine. The next year we 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 went to number four. All I can say is we're going to be higher than that this year. And we're we're like performing better on these rankings than like $26 billion companies like salesforce.com, right? It's a great tool if you're in the pharma industry. Uh, it's just a bad tool for this industry. But it's not because like our tech's great, but it's actually the, the to, to your point, the way that we treat people is different. I'm an Illinois farm boy. I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And so I just I have a little bit of a different worldview on how you treat people than somebody that grew up in like, you know, urban sprawl of like the coasts. And uh, we've tried to infuse that into the culture of the company, but it sounds like you've found success doing the same thing uh, in the franchising world, but by treating your, your franchisees, your customers. So your formula is the same here, right? You, you treat your employees well, happy employees make happy franchisees, which make less friction and more successful franchisees. But they in turn, then that perpetuates down. They then have happy employees who then have happy customers and it all, it just, it's this great perpetuating machine. I think you can build if you're doing it right at the top. I, I no, no, no question about it. And it sure makes it, makes it easier to diversify and, and, you know, exploit core competencies that you might see that you find that you figure out that, Hey, you know what, we're good at this franchisees are good at this. Uh, we could probably do this and the consumer will trust us and, to do those things. And and I got some really good lessons on that years ago from Zbart. but uh, you know, when there's a lot of trust and uh, uh, it, you know, it makes all of those things just so much easier. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, you just never know, uh, you, you know, when a new franchisee comes in, you know, where, where, where their ceiling is. And, and I, that was a, that was, that was something I learned a long time ago too. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's never the number of degrees. It's, it's, uh, it's, it isn't the marketplace. It's, uh, it's that individual. And, and it's this, this thing called persistence uh, that is certainly out there. And when you combine that with, uh, you know, taking care of people and, and really, really, really working the golden rule. Uh, you had a little persistence in that, and you've got one of those five percenters. You just don't know uh, when the next one's coming along. Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, as much as much as I'd love to continue for another half hour, Greg, I think we probably easily could. I, I just want to summarize a couple of key points for everyone about about uh, things we got to learn from Greg Long and 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 some of the things he's learned and developed in his career. One, let's focus on on creating happy employees, happy support staff that are then going to create happy franchisees who can then in turn create happy employees, happy customers, because that creates sticky customers and consistent success. Uh, two, uh, the, as you create your support structure, you should have, you should definitely have uh, more focus in the way you de design it. It's hard when you're small, but if you can afford it, you know, capitalize well enough so you can afford to have focused people that are just your onboarding and your pre-launch and then have people that are focused maybe post-launch, even if you make it that simple, but have focused roles, divide it in a way that it's a consistent set of tasks that they're going to be managing so they can become experts in those things rather than have them do everything and become mediocre at everything. Is that, is that a fair way to summarize a couple of things, Greg, you should be focused on today? I think, it, I, th I think it's a great summary and you know, you don't have to increase your payroll. You just have to increase your focus. And, and, you know, it, when, when people become experts and they get job satisfaction out of that, you know, you, you end up uh, retaining staff so much, so much longer. And to your point, uh, you, you get happy franchisees that way. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, the quote of the day, you don't have to increase your payroll, you just have to increase your focus. I think that's a great, a great one liner. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, you've shared a lot, we may have to pick your brain again, because I think we left a lot unsaid today, but I sure appreciate you sharing those insights. Well, Dave, it's been an honor to, uh, to, to be here and uh, wish you and yours the best this week. And uh, thanks again for having me on. Well, my pleasure. Thanks. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.